Have you ever wondered how narcissists view themselves? Like how they look at themselves on a day-to-day basis. And we already know somehow they look at everybody else, but mainly how do they actually perceive and view themselves? Like maybe you find it hard to be able to understand a narcissist's behavior of how they actually show up, of how they act to you. And you're like, I don't even understand why this would be there. Like why this would even go on. What are the thoughts that are actually prompting this? What is actually underneath? Maybe you're curious just of the underlying thought process of a narcissist and what that looks like. Well, we're going to dive into that a little bit today. We're going to go through a couple different points and I'm going to give a couple different perspectives on it just so you have an idea of what's going on underneath. And if you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness about narcissistic abuse. Oftentimes sharing about my experiences, the story that has been part of my journey in understanding that I'm a narcissist and understanding how I think and how I process things. Today we're going to talk about a couple different points to hopefully give you more enlightenment about that and what it looks like. So when we talk about narcissistic personality disorder, it's normally characterized by an inflated sense of self-importance, uh, lack of empathy, excessive need of admiration. And a lot of times people get really confused of how this even looks or why this person's doing this. Like viewing themselves in a way that seems so great and so grandiose and so amazing, but at the same time being so awful. So let's kind of talk through this a little bit. First thing that I want to be able to point out is the idea of the grandiose self-image. Okay, this is prevalent on a majority of narcissists out there. Now, whether your narcissist is a grandiose and overt narcissist and they're like off the top, you know, they're just like the, the giant, like arrogant person in the middle of the room and you're like, that's a narcissist, right? Like someone who's very much out there. Or they could be more of the covert kind where it doesn't seem like everything's about them. But everything still is. There's like the person that's like, I don't want drama, but drama is always around them. They're always like centralizing the drama. They're always kind of like hidden in the background, but they're still kind of moving the pieces, moving the parts. And so a lot of times you're going to have a narcissist that has an inflated sense of self-importance. So for me, this was very prevalent and it came out in all aspects of life. Where you got to see the most of it was typically in the workplace environment because I thought I was the best. I was like, I've done this for many years. I know what I'm doing. I get other people that come to me asking for advice, trying to figure this out. So I was like, I'm the best. Everybody else is stupid. I'm the best. And so oftentimes I would treat people like that. I would treat people in a degrading way of making sure they understood that I was superior to them, that I was better than them. And it didn't matter. They could have a better idea than me. It didn't matter. For me, I was like, I know better, so therefore, even if you have a better idea, I'm going to make sure it still has something wrong with it or is put down, and then a couple weeks later, I'll make it my idea, but I'll change it around so it doesn't actually seem that bad of, a th- bad of an idea, okay? A narcissist views himself as being superior to other people, period. I viewed myself as being the center of the universe. Like, I would joke about it. I would joke about, like, oh, it's hard being married to a perfect person, right? You know, it's hard being with such an amazing guy. Like these were like, not just me saying like this random stuff. These were like actual things I would say, actual words that would come out of my mouth. You probably heard something similar in the relationship that you've been in. If you heard something like that, write down the phrase, just put it down below in the video so people can see. They're not alone. There's a lot of people out there that have an inflated sense of self and it comes out in this way. For me, I had this unrealistic expectation of I get what I want. The world revolves around me. I get what I want. So as a result, this leads to the aspect of entitlement of like always getting admiration from other people. 
of like, this is what I want to see. This is what I want to have in my life. Wait a second. Like, you're not giving this to me. Like, you're not acting. You're not paying attention. You're not giving me what I want. Like, those things were huge of breaking down of like, wait a second. I don't get what I want. I thought I was entitled to it. I thought I was allowed to have that. I thought it was something that was just given because I was such an amazing person. You see how this gets really screwed up really fast? It's like, wait a second, you're not an amazing person, but that's what I thought. No one else mattered. All that mattered is what I thought in the moment. So a lot of times you're going to see people that overestimate their abilities, overestimate their accomplishments. Like, oh, I did such an amazing job when I actually was like, eh, you kind of like met the basics. Okay, did you ever have that? Maybe you had that in your relationship where the narcissist is like, I did all this stuff for you. And you're like, you showed up and you had supper with your family. Like, we'll see this so many times where someone has like a, a giant disconnect. Like, it's, it's pretty wild, but it, it's how it happens. Okay, um, a lot of times when you confront them of like, wait a second, like that isn't enough or that isn't what I'm actually trying to have you do or that isn't like the whole litany of different things, then it's get angry. Okay, because you're criticizing me. You're, you're bringing up a failure that I did that I don't want to actually acknowledge. Now, this could be like as big as cheating. This could be as simple as taking out the trash. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the place of like when you're criticizing me, you're attacking. You're being abusive. All this stuff. Like it has to get twisted in my head because like if I'm so amazing, why would you be doing that to me? Um, th think of it in the workplace environment. Okay, think of it in the workplace environment. An, a narcissistic person that is always the one to make decisions, that is always the one to be right, no matter what. And when someone challenges their ideas, or when someone challenges, like, oh, maybe we could do it different, <laughs> angry and just kind of run right over them. In the workplace, a lot of times I was the steamroller, I would just roll right over people. I'd be like, forget that. I'm just going to do what I want to do because it gets me what I want. Which kind of leads us to my second point, which is the need for control. Narcissists want to have control over everything. The majority of times you see this in your personal and professional life, where they will start to integrate and take over every single piece. Now, for me, part of that was feeling more insecure of like, I didn't want someone to leave me. I didn't want someone to find out that I was a liar and leave me. Like there's so many different pieces to it. For me, one piece that came out of it with control was going places, was doing things, was having plans. And when those plans got changed, I would get so pissed because I was like, this is what I had in my mind. This is what I want. This is what I already planned to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Now you're messing it up. Now you're inconveniencing me. Now there's an issue. And so a lot of times you're going to see this with a narcissist, the need for control. Sometimes it'll make them micromanage, like small little things. Like either the subordinates underneath them at work or their partners. Like you're going to see this piece. Oftentimes it's going to cause resentment, frustration. Like you're going to see this kind of boil up inside you because you're like, why are you trying to control me so much? Narcissists oftentimes will want to control you with your activities, with your social interactions, like with, with different pieces that happen to keep you in the relationship, to make sure that you don't leave, to make sure that you don't get around friends or family that are actually going to tell you, you might be in an abusive relationship. This isolation is a thing that a narcissist will try to keep you in so that you don't leave, so that you don't get free, so that they don't look bad. So many different pieces of control here, okay? Third one you've probably heard before, lack of empathy, right? Empathy is the aspect of like when you're able to understand and share the feelings of others. 
Now, there's multiple aspects of empathy, compassion, empathy. Uh, I forget the others off the top of my head. We've done a video on them, but so look at that. Uh, but empathy, a lot of times narcissists don't have empathy. Now, when I say this, this is the tricky piece because some people are like, narcissists lack empathy. That means they're devoid of empathy. That means there's nothing there absolutely at all. They don't have emotions, they don't have feelings, okay? False, okay? One, they have emotions. Two, they have feelings, period. Okay, so let's just get that straight. Two, there's a, a big aspect that narcissists, not all, but a lot of narcissists have at least cognitive empathy where they can at least understand what's going on and look or appear or act in a certain way to fit into society. There are multiple different types of people that do this, that have different impairments, and as a result, they try to learn how do I fit into society by acting and by looking the way that I know that I need to, even though I don't feel it, okay? There's also a big piece, I believe, that narcissists that have empathy but are unwilling to actually acknowledge the feelings and needs of others. It's in the DSM-5, okay? But because what's happening is if I acknowledge what's actually going on with you, I have to acknowledge that I'm the one that caused it. I have to acknowledge that I'm the one that did wrong. And as a result, it leads me down the road of guilt, shame, and all these pieces that I don't want to be vulnerable about. So as a result, I'm going to compartmentalize it. I'm going to dissociate. I'm going to run from it and be like, wait a second, that doesn't exist. Out of sight, out of mind. Narcissists are going to disregard your feelings. I did this for multiple, multiple years of disregarding my wife's feelings, my wife's concerns, my wife's emotions, being like, those don't really matter. Those don't really count. I don't really care. And we put them down and continue moving forward like no matter what. So you're going to see this in your own life of someone who's belittling you, who's criticizing you, who's you know not acknowledging any accomplishment, is trying to make you feel insignificant, unworthy, oftentimes to still keep you in the relationship. All right, so jumping on, we're going to look at the fourth point really quick, which is black and white thinking, okay? With this aspect, narcissists tend to view the world in black and white. I still do in a lot of areas. You're either all good or you're all bad. Like this rule is either followed or not followed. Like there's not really a ton of gray areas. I have to work on the process of being like, wait a second, like I need to see like kind of what's in between. Because otherwise, I'll view someone and being like, you're all good or you're all bad. And there's not, a, there's not room for like nuance or like complexity about how you're actually thinking of what's actually going on. So as a result, when I meet you, like this, be, this becomes something where I idealize. I put you up on a pedestal of like, oh, you're all good. Then something changes and you hold me accountable. And then I'm like, oh, now you're all bad. Like you just fell off of that. And so you're going to see this flip-flop happen a lot of times in a narcissistic individual. Like they'll get to the place where they'll love you so much and be like, oh my gosh, because you're feeding them, right? And then you get to the place where you try to hold them accountable and it's like, wait a second, now you're criticizing me. Now you're attacking me. Now you're opposing me like, whew, you were a nice person, but now, gosh, you're a pretty big jerk, okay? So kind of skim through a lot of it. There was a lot of different pieces there and I could dive into so much more, but want to at least give like an overview and kind of talk through some of it. Like when you start to understand how a narcissist views themselves, like you start to get to the place of understanding that until they get honest about the situation, nothing's going to change. And you're going to keep going through this cycle over and over and over again. So you get to the place of understanding the only thing you can focus on, the only thing you can grow is yourself. How are you doing that today? How are you working on you on a day-to-day -day basis? If you don't start working on you, there's no chance of growth. There's no chance of it getting better. You have to be able to choose you 
every single day. If you want to start choosing you, you can start at escapetoxicity.com and you can take our seven-day challenge. Seven days for $7 to help you understand how to start to heal from narcissistic abuse. It is the foundational layer that you need to understand the process that we use moving forward to help you move from a victim to a survivor to a thriver and to continue to grow and develop in who you actually are. If you want to work with me one-on-one or if you want to get an accelerated plan as we help people achieve their goals and their dreams and how they actually show up interacting with others, their relationships, their businesses, their spirituality, their fitness, all different types of things like that, go to rawmotivations.com. Click on the one-on-ones. When you grab a one-on-one, fill it out. Let me know, hey, I'm interested in the Thriver community. would love to have you be a part of that, but it is something that we're pretty exclusive about. The reason why is because we want to make sure we have people in that group that are passionate and relentless about pursuing that version of themselves. The version of themselves is going to stand on a be- as a beacon on a hill, shining light to other people, to your kids, to your family, to your coworkers, saying, hey, I actually know who I am, and I know the direction I'm going. If you want to interact about that, you can go to rawmotivation.com, grab a one-on-one. Hope to see you then.